live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Hello and welcome to episode zero of X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast. My name is Scott McKay and I'm one of your hosts. And I'm the other host, Emily McKay. And we have been actually doing this podcast for, what, 28 episodes now, but we've been getting some emails from you all that said, hey, you know what, Scott and Emily, you've never done a podcast where you actually tell us more about yourself and who you are and why you're doing this podcast to begin with. Hi, Emily. That's right. And so today we figured that's what we'll do. You know, if you're just now finding our podcast, we welcome you and we thank you for listening. And we trust that you'll enjoy not only our future podcast, but going back in time a little bit and listening to what we've recorded in the past. This podcast is about dating and relationships. And we share not only our experiences, but we have guests and we do some man on the street interviews and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Hi, Emily. We sure do get input from everybody. And, you know, not only have we done those normal kinds of things that you would expect from us, but we've done things like podcast us getting engaged. Yes. And we actually podcasted our marriage ceremony. We did, didn't we? Yes. It's episode 11 where you can hear me propose to Emily, who is now my wife, of course. And episode 19 is the marriage cast, right? Right. It didn't take us long to get married. (laughs) It was about three months in between there. So when we first started out this podcast way back, it's like the stone age of podcasting, in June of 2006, which was almost a year ago, you and I were just dating. We've been dating for about four months. Right. Not very long. So these days, we're not only married, but we're expecting our first child. That's right. A baby boy. Yeah. We just now found out this week that it's going to be a boy. So... If you're new to this podcast, you're going to have a lot of fun listening to kind of the history of our relationship, even as we share with you and your friends and everybody else in podcast land about how to be better at dating and how to pursue a relationship more skillfully and successfully in your own life. That's right. And just having fun and just enjoying life in general. So Emily, tell them how we met. Oh, this is fun. I love this part. Um, we Well, first of all, we met on Match.com. We sure did. We met online. And when I tell people this story, um, people kind of look at me like, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> right. Same thing. But uh, I think that's fun. I get a kick out of it. Yeah, a lot of times there's a stigma associated with meeting people online. But both Emily and I found it to be a tremendously positive experience being online. Yes, it was wonderful. Now, you were on there, what, three weeks and had like three dates a day? You were immensely popular. Oh, I was. It was, it was like being in a candy store. You just, whatever you want. <laughs> well, when you're a cute, sharp little woman like you, I guess that's not hard. No. Now, for guys, it's not always so easy. We kind of have to have the whole concept of online dating and how to succeed kind of figured out a little bit better than a lot of the women do. So for me... It took me a couple of years to get that right, and I went from a very, very low rate of return online dating to about 60 to 80%. And when I met Emily, I had been dating and enjoying my dating process for quite a long time. And I had narrowed it down to three women. And I said to myself, okay, you know what? I'm sick of this whole dating thing. I've had a lot of fun with it, but now it's time to go live a stable life, and I'm going to pick one of these three women. And Emily... I decided to go back one more time and see if I could raise the bar. And in the first time I met Emily after very positive phone conversations and emails, I said, okay, either this is going to completely affirm where I stand with these other three women and, and how I need to pick one of them, or 
it's going to throw a big monkey wrench in the whole machine. Turn your world upside down. Yeah, you really rocked my world. So for Emily, she wasn't on there a whole long time. However, you had been divorced as I was. We're both divorced. You had been divorced for a little bit over a year, all told. Uh, I think by then it was a year and a half. Right. And I was divorced for a little over three years. Interestingly, Emily and I are both divorced for the exact same reason. Yeah. Both of us really meant well. Both of us wanted to get married and have it be happily ever after. Unfortunately, both of our ex-spouses were diagnosed with a very severe mental disorder, a mental illness. Right. And uh, actually very similar diagnoses. Actually almost identical. They're on the same medication to this day. Yes. So both of us have gone through very difficult times in a marriage environment, divorced even though we never wanted that for ourselves. And when we met each other, Emily, it was almost like we said, hey, that's why you're divorced? Well, I can automatically trust you. I know you're probably a pretty good person. Right. Well, we know what it took to endure what we had to. And right. so that said a lot about who we were. I mean, I knew a lot about you just based on that. Right. And both of us had these sentiments where, hey, you know what? To get bitter and upset over the divorce and to hold it against my ex-spouse is kind of like holding against someone the fact that they're diabetic or have some other sort of illness. And both of us, I think, had a similar level of maturity about that whole process, which helped us find more in common and enjoy our newfound relationship with each other even more. That's right. I know with my online dating experience, when I first got on there, that first week was just really overwhelming. (laughs) How so? I mean, I had so many people sending me emails, winks, or whatever they called them back then. Yes, That I was Right. I couldn't respond fast enough. Right. Um, Matter of fact, it was cutting into my, my work time. And you're the only woman I've ever met, I think, who made it a point to respond to people who you weren't even interested in. Right. You just wanted to be kind and sweet and give everybody the respect of getting a response from you. Right. And in doing so, it's just so overwhelming that I had to actually close my profile for a week just to get caught up, turn it back on again, (laughs) turn it back on again and get, you know, and then of course a whole flood of them come. So I closed it again for the second time. So in the four weeks that was online, two of them I was actually live and active and the other two I had it closed temporarily until I could get it caught up. And your profile was a very terse one. It didn't have a whole lot of words in it. So I remember what I wrote you. Oh, I do too. (laughs) For someone who looks like you'd be fun. To hang out with. To hang out with. You don't have much to say. Yeah. And then you wrote me like 10 paragraphs in response. Oh yeah. I was going to show you. Oh yeah. (laughs) So she wrote me like this tome, like war and peace, but it was okay. Then we moved it to the phone after a while. Right. Yeah, there was. Some, I think it was like mid, late February. And we were both kind of busy when, when yeah. you first sent me the right, first right. message. And we're both having very busy dating lives. Yes, and there was that infamous "I am" after I had been on a date, Yo, yes. where it was just excellent timing, and we started talking. And I said to myself, "Wow, you know, this one really has some potential." Hmm. And then we found out even more about ourselves, and here we are. Right. We're both in San Antonio, Texas. Emily, you were born in El Paso. I was. I'm a native Texan. And you've lived other places, too. I have. I've been in Kentucky and Mexico and just really been around. And your your dad is American from Kentucky. He is, up and, in the hills. And your mom is native from Chihuahua, Mexico? Yes. Now, I am originally from Baltimore, Maryland. And as they say, got to Texas as soon as I could. And this was after some time I spent out in Arizona, southern Arizona, where it gets to be 123 degrees in the summertime. I was working for several years 
kind of as a life coach, similar to what we're doing here today, that's kind of my roots. I was working with kids that they called at risk, which was pretty much a euphemism, meaning they were either involved with gangs already or were headed in that direction. So it was kind of a vita loca there for a few years and learned a lot and spent a lot of time riding crotch rockets with my jarhead buddies, my United States Marines friends, who I really respect. And uh, we had a lot of a lot of fun out there doing wheelies and carving canyons and raising havoc and generally being a bunch of single guys. So shortly after that, I took a position doing something similar in deep South Texas. I was kind of scared to move here because, you know, Texas being its own different country and everything. But I've, I've heard people say that before. <laughs> right. Well, it was Texas's own tourism thing. They said, Texas, it's a whole nother country. <laughs> So, you know, it's a little intimidating for just about anyone to move here if they're like from the East Coast, where it's definitely not Texan. But now that I've been in Texas after some some time in the Rio Grande Valley, which is deep South Texas, moving here to San Antonio in 2001, I really think it's home. Hmm. And uh, Emily and I are both parents. Yes, we both have one kid each. Right. You have a girl and I have a boy. And uh, your boy has just turned 11. My stepson's name is David. Yes. And Danielle is my daughter. She's seven. And both of them are, like we said, going to have a half-brother coming to live with them somewhere around the November time frame. Right, in November. November 25th is the expected date. So far, the pregnancy is going really, really well. We started dating on the 11th of February, 2006. Oh, that's right. Our first correspondence was in January. Yes, and we started dating. Our first date was on 11th, February, 2006. We went to... Uh, I hop for breakfast. Mm-hmm. So all the guys out there who have read all the dating advice in the world are going to give me a slow golf clap because I did that right. Not a lot of money, just time to get to know each other. And I remember I had a hard stop that morning because Danielle was coming to town and I wanted to spend time with my little girl. Yeah. But we moved from breakfast to the coffee. Well, we had a hard time scheduling a time to get together. You and I were kind of busy, but we knew it was important to meet. And, um, so we went through a whole what, a whole week on the calendar to figure out which day to meet. Yeah, and you're trying to flake out on me. Oh, I, I might be sick not. tomorrow. I was actually coming down with something. And I was really concerned that if I did get sick, you would think I was trying to flake out. <laughs> so you were magically healed the next morning. I was. I wanted to be well. Yes. Well, you looked very <laughs> healthy to me. You know what is interesting? What? Is that it seems like every guy I dated or was interested in were from the East Coast, coincidentally. That's because we rule. It was just the magic. The magic. Handsome, too. Yeah, the magic territory that if I was interested, you had to have been from the East Coast, obviously. (laughs) So we started dating, and both Emily and I had a rule where, you know, we're not going to get too involved with people we've just started dating because it kind of puts them into the relationship mode very quickly and and both of us were dating other people but you know there was like one day there we didn't see each other and then starting tuesday which incidentally happened to be valentine's day we saw each other at lunch and dinner on valentine's day yes and we had literally not been separated at all from that day every day until you had a business trip that you were going to be going by necessity for three days. That's right, it was. That was the first time we were separated. Yeah, and that's still the only times we've ever been separated is when your blasted medical job takes you to another <laughs> city without me. And so we spent a lot of time together, and I think it's safe to say that we had dated enough people successfully, and this is important. We had dated enough people and gotten to know enough people in a dating environment that we were both very good at figuring out who it was we were really looking for, so that when we met each other, we kind of recognized each other. Yeah, well, you had it pinned down to three people prior to meeting me. That's right. And then when I had met you, 
Now, there's another gentleman who is fighting for your position as well. Mm-hmm. As so I, I had to make a decision with very little knowledge of you or him, right? which direction to go. Right. And I had to make the same decision. And, you know, we didn't have to make that decision. No, I wanted to, but I felt confident. I, I wasn't afraid or nervous or concerned. I actually knew I was making the right decision. And so did I. Like I was saying, we kind of recognized each other. So that Tuesday was Valentine's Day. Wednesday came. Thursday came. Thursday, you called me up like 1130 because you had a business function and said, hey, you know. Um, it was at nighttime, too. Yes. I was heading. No, I wasn't heading home. I was after our business dinner that right. we had going on with the doctors and the nurses. And you were texting me pictures from it the whole night. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Again, contrary to all dating advice was, in the world. I was dressed up in this gorgeous little dress. Oh, yeah. Not little. It's a nice, beautiful red flowing dress. And so I had to take pictures. Oh, yeah. So anyway, after that, we were heading over to uh, a Latin dance club. Correct. And I called you to let you know I was going there. And you were already in bed. I was absolutely fixing to go to bed, as they say here in Texas. And what did I say? I said, oh. Yeah. I guess you're inviting me, right? Yes. Nothing nothing needy, guys. <laughs> I never just, said anything about inviting you. Yeah, it, do I take this as an invitation? And you know you wanted me. Well, you're welcome to come if you want. That's right. So guess who showed up? And what did we do? We danced until 2. Right. All your coworkers left before I even got there. They did, didn't they? So you're they? just camped out waiting for me. And then we went to like Taco Cabana. We and did. And got caught and in the rain wait, wait, and all wait, this wait, romantic wait, stuff. Wait. Well, what was interesting when it rained, and it was cold, by the way. Oh, yeah. And I was dressed up. Unusual for San Antonio. We come outside and we get in your car. You had left your sunroof open. Yep, absolutely. So it was wet on the inside. Yeah, slip sliding and, away. And it's raining and I'm getting wet and you have to clean <laughs> the inside of your car. But there was another date after that. There was. Yeah, for all you guys that say, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. There's never going to be another date. Well, it's all about you. It's not about the mistakes you make. Just mm-hmm. handle it with some grace. And so that Friday night, I took you out to a real nice place where they play music and asked mm-hmm. you to be my girlfriend. You did. That's right. You tell me you'd protect my heart. I did, and I am still doing that. We were really impressed by that, weren't you, when I said, I'm going to protect your heart. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good line there. Well, I knew you were sincere. Yes, the sincerity is what really matters. So what did we do about a month later? You know, you always hear that women test guys. Guys, feel free to hold your own tests, okay? Because you did lots of those. (laughs) And and you did to me too. I don't remember that. Oh, well, (laughs) believe me. It's always a good idea to make sure you're doing the right thing. And just because your heart may be telling you, yes, you know, there's a lot of different situations to put oneself in before you realize, hey, you know what, I'm going to be able to spend the rest of our lives together mm-hmm. happily. And neither Emily nor I believe in shacking up living together before marriage. Absolutely not. So that's why we needed to do things that put us in the kind of situation where we would be able to expect what life would be like once we got married. And do mm-hmm. that early on. So I took you to Arizona for four days. Right. And we were driving in the car like 250, 300 miles a day. I going remember, all over the place. I remember being nervous about going on that trip. Because I knew, I think we talked about this in our yeah, podcast we weren't going to be able to get along driving in the car. <laughs> That's a lot of time in the car together doing nothing other than driving. And talking. And talking. And at any point it could go, it could go south. It could yes. go sour. And then you're stuck together. But every 300 <laughs> mile trip seemed like. 10 minutes. It did. It went by so fast. It was great. Make the relationship or break it. That's right. And we got home from that and I just knew more that she was the woman for me. By the way, I haven't mentioned this yet, but you know, all of this period I spent dating other women to see what it was I really wanted in a woman. When Emily showed up, she was absolutely my stereotypical type. 
Yes. I, I mean, I always say this, and I've said it in other podcasts, and those of you who are new will probably hear me say this a few times. I could not have issued a purchase order to God with specifications on it any more perfect in design than those of the person he already had in mind for me. Yeah, he even said that when you proposed to me, I Paul. did, yeah. Episode 11, folks. So basically, I knew this woman was everything I'd ever dreamed of. And to be able to get that woman, to attract her, to get her to go out with you on a first date is amazing. To get her to go out on a second date, but to have her actually adore you in return, you know, to me, that is the definition of a wildly successful dating life, like we talk about in the book, entitled How to Manage Your Wildly Successful Dating Life. Mm-hmm. So all along after that trip, I knew Emily was going to be the one for me, and uh, I think you felt the same way. Oh, I did. And uh, matter of fact, about the time you were thinking about, you know, we were looking at rings and stuff. Right. I uh, biffed my hand, my pinky. I broke my pinky on, yes. my, on my ring finger, yeah, on my we, ring hand. We made Emily into a BMX champion or slob <laughs> during this whole conversation. So my hand was all wrapped up, so if he had proposed, I wouldn't have been able to wear a ring. Yeah, it bought me a few months. It did. And that, that did not heal quickly. I mean, you no, were in that splint for ages. Yeah. So her left ring finger and pinky finger is in a cast right when I'm first thinking about maybe proposing to her. Yeah, which, we had just got through looking at rings and you said, yes. you know, if you had been wearing that rock on your hand, you'd have biffed it. That's right. But, um, you know, then we went on another trip to California and to find out later, we were in this really romantic place in San Francisco. You thought I was going to propose to you on I that did. trip. I did. It was my birthday week. <laughs> Well, I just didn't have everything all sorted out by then. I was I was waiting for that romantic dinner where you're going to take me out and, and propose. But within a month, that happened right here on the podcast. And contrary to all my blathering on the latest episode we've done, which is 28, I gave you a dozen red roses. You did? Yeah, I thought that Beautiful was one of those special ones. times when it was supposed there was to There was a happen. white one in there, too, wasn't there? I don't think so. No? Baby's breath. Oh, okay. Then we had decided, hey, you know what? If we're engaged, it means that we spend enough time to figure out we want to get married to each other. Right. So we gave ourselves exactly enough time to plan the wedding and turned out to be a perfect time. And on December 9th of last year, we were married. Mm -hmm. Emily was pregnant by the time we had known each other a year, a couple months later. So now we've known each other about 15 months. Amy Waterman of Triple O Relationships has called us the perfect couple, which I think is a lot to live up to. But I'll tell you, Emily, from my perspective, and I know yours, I don't foresee anything but blue sky ahead. I do too. Yeah, we get along great. We complete each other's sentences, as you'll see on the podcast. Those of you who have been listening to us already know that very well. Yeah, even when we disagree, we still have fun <laughs> yes. with it. I mean, the Battle of the Flowers episode we just did was supposed to be mano a mano, and it ended up being a peaceful agreement. Go figure. So here we are today. Now, what we do together is collectively known as X and Y Communications. It started out as a newsletter that I did starting right before I met you. That's right. I was still dating multiple women at once and going on and ranting on how to do that the first few newsletters. Then I met you and ended up compiling a lot of my thoughts into the first book, which was released very shortly after I met you, Deserve What You Want, which is my first book. And by September, you know, ironically... Only a couple weeks before I proposed to you, we went full-time, or I went full-time with X and Y Communications, and I've been a professional dating strategist and uh, released two books and an audio program and a few other things coming along, phone coaching. We do all those things since then. And the whole basis for that was, hey, you know what? Went through a tough divorce where I thought I did everything for a woman, yet she still rejected me, and we found out later a lot of that had to do with the mental illness, of course. 
And after trying to figure out the following concept, I was able four years later to meet and keep the woman I'd always, always dreamed of. And that concept was, how do I deserve what I want? Just like the title of the book. What could I have done better? Instead of feeling like a victim who will never be able to get a woman again, because after all, it's easy to feel like that when you've been through a divorce after you feel like you've done everything right and all your friends and family agree. It's like, well, then I must be a total loser to do everything right and still get rejected. The concept was I'm going to make myself into the best man possible, learning how to be more confident, how to be more masculine. And those concepts are what drive us to this day. We believe that, yeah, you should learn how to be better with the opposite sex. You should learn how to date as many people as possible and have full control over the second dates you have, how long you date people. But you should also have full control over when you decide that the dating's done and to marry the right person, spend a lifetime with the right person. And to do it in a very blissful relationship. No pressure. Nothing boneheaded going on like unexpected pregnancies, um, being roped into commitments unnecessarily. That's what we talk about at length. And we believe that having the track record we do of being considered the perfect couple, we know that's not true. We like to consider ourselves perfectly imperfect. But we do have a very, very blissful relationship. We get stopped by total strangers, mm-hmm. even hit up on by strangers sometimes. <laughs> we do, don't we? <laughs> even when we first started dating, people just assumed, because we were so in sync with each other, they just assumed we were married. Yes, that's pretty funny, isn't it? People have always thought we were married. But building X and Y communications on that concept has made us both very, very effective in terms of our travels on these podcasts in terms of writing books and producing our Power Sessions program every month, which contains our most high-level information. We keep all that good stuff in reserve, way beyond what we talk about in the podcast for the Power Sessions programs. Emily does Power Sessions for Women. Right, and where I give a lot of direction, very pointed direction on how to actually achieve your goal, whether it's to date multiple people or actually to date that one perfect guy that's just right for you and get to the point of the relationship that you want it to be. Right. whether to be a long life relationship or a marriage. Right. So having that track record, like I said, we really want to help other people go from possibly feeling like they haven't had much success with the opposite sex to really finding and keeping the greatest person they've ever, ever imagined meeting so that they will know and everybody else that they're with the sharpest person in the room wherever they go. Yeah, got tired of seeing people settle. Most people get married and they're not blissfully overjoyed to be together. Right. A lot of people do settle. They think, okay, it's time to be married. You're the person in front of me right now. So this let's is my married. last chance. Yeah. Let's go for it. My biological clock is ticking. I've put my career ahead of relationships until my mid to late 30s. You're willing to marry me. Let's get married. And that right. goes for men and women. Or I think a lot of women will end up in a relationship and fall in love and let her heart decide who to marry rather than to think it through. Right. And a lot of times there's good, solid, thoughtful reasons not to enter into a long-term commitment. Someone told me when I was dating, you know, Emily, you can't control who you fall in love with. And that's not true. Well, we think you can. You know, and I talk about that in my power sessions, what you can do to avoid falling in love prior to having enough knowledge if this is the right person for you. If this is the person that's going to make you happy. And we want everybody to experience what we have. Right. And to be part of a long-term relationship that succeeds, you have got to be half of that relationship. Yes. So we're all very much in tune with respecting the opposite gender. 
men and women. You know, I talk a lot about men being sex focused and just looking at women as a means of sexual fulfillment. And then they wonder why women don't respond very powerfully back to them sexually. And we also talk, don't you, Emily, about women who have a lot of resentment towards men and why they don't. That's why they don't get men who are good asking them out. So a lot of this, you would think it would be talked about a lot of times by a lot of people often over and over again, but we found it almost never gets covered. And we feel like we represent at least two people who help you bridge that gap and figure out how to sort all the good things out when it comes to attracting and keeping the kind of person you deserve because you've learned how to deserve him. Or right. Not. You know, some people might look at us and think, well, they're just lucky. You know, that's mm. not going to happen Luck for has me. nothing to do with it. No, it's by design. It is by work and hard effort yes. to get here. Heavy lifting to deserve what you want. But folks, if you wait around waiting for someone to come along and accept you just the way you are, you're going to be waiting an awful long well, think time. think about it. You had many women who wanted to marry you. That's right. And I had other guys who wanted to marry me. That's right. Truly, what I really wanted was to be married and to have kids. Right. And, you know, at being 33, 34 years old, it was very easy to think, well, you know, I don't have very long in my life to be able to have the children I want. But I refused to settle. And I you refused to, find... to let yourself be pressured. Right. I wanted to make sure that with a lot of work, a lot of effort, and believing that it's possible to have a great relationship, I wasn't going to settle for anything less. So nowadays, here we are. Yes. We're going to be hitting our six-month anniversary. Patience was a great thing. <laughs> yeah. And I am still every bit as stoked to have met Emily. Oh, yeah. Me I too. I am now the first day I ever met you. Probably more. Yeah. Emily is still working full-time these days. Even though I've gone full-time with X and Y Communications, Emily is still working full-time as a medical rep, and her customers absolutely love her. We've moved from simple dating advice now that we're married at deservewhatyouwant.com being our primary portal to opening up another whole portal for those of you who are actually married or in long-term relationships. And that new website is www.powermonogamy.com. So named because we believe that you can be in a monogamous relationship and be at the absolute happiest and most fulfilled state possible. And that's what we call power monogamy. That's right. And, you know, it's interesting. We have a lot of people who are on our readership who are married and who are looking to improve their relationship and make it as best as they can make it. Even when we're presenting everything we do in the context of dating advice, as we have been until now, it's such a truth, a universal truth that we talk about. It goes hand in hand with being in a relationship or being in a marriage. Right. Yes, Because the way you react to the person you're dating is how you're going to be when you're married. Yeah, you're building relationships on character from the very beginning when you're dating, and that's always going to translate to having something to say even after the relationship has progressed even to a 50-year-long marriage. You know, a lot of times also we were writing, or I was writing specifically to men as a man. And I would have women sign up for the newsletter saying, wow, this is really, really cool to see what you're recommending to guys. And it's actually helping us women understand men better and understand that we shouldn't be settling for guys who are less than what we deserve. And so we are finding that both men and women like to listen to what we have to say on our newsletters. And we actually had one woman write to me and say, you know what, Scott, you actually understand women better than most women. It's like you're the chick whisperer. So one of my friends, Steve Williams, and I actually started a podcast for men talking about how men can improve their skills with the opposite sex, and we call that the Chick Whisperer. And just like we do this podcast, X and Y on the Fly, you can look up the Chick Whisperer, and we invite men and women both to listen to that, even though it's specifically for guys. 
Right. We also have another podcast. Online dating profile rating. Since we met each other online, we decided that it was high time that there be a podcast on online dating. Well, you know, when I was first on there and doing so well, I just assumed everybody was. And we get a lot of email from that podcast. People saying, wow, I never never had that part figured out until you guys overhauled that one profile. Yeah, we actually teach how someone can do that for themselves so that they can understand how to communicate with other people. So you can check out that podcast by going to feeds.feedburner.com front slash online dating. And you can also find out what we can do for a profile just like yours in the way of overhauling it and getting you the kind of success you deserve by going to www.datetoorder.com. That's D-A-T-E-T-O-O-R-D-E-R.com. Well, I don't know. What else is there to tell? I think we've somehow learned more about each other through this. Teaching everybody else. I feel like I know myself better. Right. (laughs) I feel like I know you better. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) The good, bad, and the ugly. Right. (laughs) The perfectly imperfect. So anyway, we once again thank you all for joining the X and Y on the Fly listening audience. You can always email us. My email is SCOT. People have asked, you're in this pickup and seduction stuff. Are you really using your real name? And my answer to them is, hey, look, if I was using a fake name, I'd at least spell it right. Right. S-C-O-T at date2order.com, which is D-A-T-E-T-O-O-R-D-E-R.com. And I'm Emily at date2order.com. And like I said, our main portal is www.deservewhatyouwant.com. As soon as you get there, you'll see our obnoxious pop-up window come up which all the internet marketing guys told me is the best way to get you to join my newsletter. But we think the best reason for you to join my newsletter is because it's packed with more information than anybody else's and because it's absolutely free. So introduce yourself, give us your first name and your email address, and we'll be sending you that free newsletter every week. And while you're there, check out those Power Sessions programs and any of our three books, which are Deserve What You Want, like we said, Mm -hmm. Cook for Your Date, which combines cooking skill with dating skill, because I really honestly believe cooking for one's date is a secret weapon. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. And I cooked for you the first week, remember? You did, and yeah. you even rubbed my feet. Well, not at the same time. <laughs> and then the third book is called How to Manage Your Wildly Successful Dating Life, because we feel like we had something to offer that whole perspective. And even if you're not wildly successful yet... You will be. You will be if you read that book. It'll help you. It'll give you every, every chance to have 2024 sight there. Our other website, as we mentioned, is powermonogamy.com. You are married or in a long-term relationship. We really think you'll enjoy the content there. It's a bit different than www.deservewhatyouwant.com. So grab a listen to episodes 10 through 28 thus far. Going forward, like one of our uh, listeners said, keep burning the feed. And we're going to keep burning that feed because we we are passionate about what we do. And you're going to find that out more and more as you listen. If any of you would like to listen to the 1st through 10th or 1st through 9th or the ones we retired, definitely email us and we will give you the links to those first nine retired podcasts. But I'll tell you, the caveat is, man, those first podcasts, they were a little rough. Content was good, but the audio, we were we were learning. Oh, yeah. Our first podcast before we ever had an X and Y Communications back in June 06, we did with our microphone that came with a computer. Yes. And didn't figure out that our chairs were making a lot of noise as we rocked back and forth. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's kind of painful to listen to, but like Emily said, the content's still kind of there. And then, of course, we had the wrong mic, so it had this popping sound. You hear this oh, yeah. <laughs> Pop filter? What's that? 
So we trust that you'll enjoy listening to our podcast, especially the later ones. Oh, you remember the sot? Oh, because yeah, we had that's the, right. Every time we said P's or certain letters, it would yes, pop. the pop filter I, was not So I thought, yet. let's put a sock on there. Yes, that was a great <laughs> idea. It actually worked. So we did. would go to the dirty laundry and we'd put a sock <laughs> over our computer mic. It was just a little more slightly muffled, but at least there was no pop filter noise. Oh, gosh, it was terrible. I think this would be a good place to end the introduction cast right i think we've gone way beyond mere introduction go listen to some of our podcasts have fun join our newsletter check us out write to us and until we talk at you next time my name's scott and i'm emily be good and have fun copyright 2007 x and y communications be sure to visit scott and emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com Also, be sure to get their free daily mini-podcast, The Dating Cast Minute, at www.powermonogamy.com.